0: Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Yeah, let's go ahead and stand together. Welcome. It's our last uh, last Friday night of the year. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas to the four people that said it back. Merry Christmas. Hey, we're so glad you're here. Let's lean in for this last Friday night of the year. I want to invite us just to pray the prayer that we often pray and say, "Come, Holy Spirit." So, church, feel free to say it after me and just say it to the Lord. Just say, "Come, Holy Spirit." Come, Holy Spirit. We lift up our voices to you. We lift up our hands to you. We lift up our hearts to you, Lord. And we come with joy today. So come on, feel free to put your hands together just like this. Oh yeah! yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, sing joy to the world. Sing, sing joy to the world. The Lord is. Let her receive her King. The world with truth and grace, it makes the nations prove the glories of his righteous. One sing his wonders, the wonders
1: his mercy
2: beginning of the third verse in that song truly he taught us how to love one another and his his law is love and I was reading in Leviticus chapter 19 uh, this week and God is just explaining to the Israelites um, how to love one another he tells them hey don't reap the whole harvest leave margin in your fields for the strangers in your life for those who are passing through your land and I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that embodies that and what that looks like. As a church, the past couple of weeks, um, we've been asking you to adopt families within our community, Um, people who just live around our community. They don't necessarily go to church here um, to just love on them. And I have a single mom and her two-year-old daughter in my hand and the gifts were given back there. But that's what the season is all about is, you know, living out what, the law of love is and giving to our neighbors and showing love and the impact that that has on just our community is it ripple effect you know uh eternal impact on this mom and her two-year-old daughter now that they can celebrate christmas together um, so thank you so much for doing that give yourself a hand yeah for sure thank you so much for doing that um and I just wanna take a moment to pray over We, I think it was over a hundred families that we adopted as a church. Um, and I just wanna take a moment, yeah. Take a moment to pray over those families, uh, like the single mom here, uh, as we just continue in our giving. So join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I think of uh, this mom and her two-year-old daughter who are about to celebrate Uh, Christmas as a family, Lord, when they didn't think they would. Um, Thank you for the generosity of um, this church and the people in this room, Lord. Uh, Ultimately, we're just following your example, Lord, um, of what the season means and just you sending your son uh, for us, Lord, and the gift that that is to us, Lord God. So we just pray over these families, God, that you would bless them, Lord God, that these gifts just wouldn't be uh, trinkets, Lord, but they would be uh, just small examples of what the gospel is, what the law of love is, um, and that it would just have an impact on them. And yeah, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen.
3: want to say thank you for adopting over a hundred families and making that happen. That's the best we've ever done is Friday night church. And you all came ready to serve and ready to bless. And can we also thank Vincent for heading that up? Good job, New Life Friday night. So much love to you. A couple announcements. One, if you're new, we would love to meet you after the service at Guest Central, give you a gift, get to know you, swing by, say hello. Second, this is our last Friday night service of the year, okay? So next Friday is the 22nd. It's getting close to Christmas Eve. We decided just to gather everyone on Christmas Eve, and we've got three services, one at noon. One at two and one at four. So join us on Christmas Eve over there in the mothership, the big room. Uh, We're going to have a great time. You will not believe the music we have prepared for you. It's going to be a blast. So join us and we'll end in a candlelight service with everyone. This will end where we give fire to the children. It's just perfect. Uh, And and you'll hear Pastor Brady say, be careful, we have terrible insurance. Okay. That's just kind of his yearly quip. So Christmas Eve, noon, two and four. And then the last thing I wanna say is these poinsettias. Some of you are like sophisticated, you say poinsettia, poinsettias, right? I'm just a poinsettia guy, okay? All of these poinsettias that you've seen all over the church, we're sending one home for free with all of you. Anyone who wants a poinsettia for your home, one per home, one per person, per place, per what If you got a big family of six, take one. If you're a single person, take one. Have a blast, okay? And so we'll take up all of these in this room, Lisa, in this room, we'll empty this room first. And then if they're all gone, you can grab one in the lobby. Okay. Honor code. Be blessed. Amen. Now take two minutes and cross the aisle, hug a neck, shake a hand, and then I'll open the Bible. One, two, three, be nice. All right, all right, all right. Grab your seats. Welcome to church tonight. Look at all of you. Just we had to pull some chairs in the back. Very good. I see you back row. I see you back row. Yes. Hey, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Luke chapter 1? Luke, if you're new to the book, uh well, I guess if you're new to the book, you probably don't have one with you tonight. <laughs> I was going to say, go to the middle and look for Luke. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's the third book in the New Testament. What I'm going to do is read you um, 10 verses out of Luke chapter 1, and then I'll pray, and we'll jump in. I'm, I'm going to invite you to just settle your heart in. We've had a wild week. I'm sure many of you have had a wild week. Some of you are just buzzing. You're having a great time. Everything's working. Good job, I'm happy for you. Others of you, you need the presence of the Lord tonight just to stay alive. And I think we all ought to just kind of take a deep breath here in the presence of the Lord and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So hear the word of the Lord, I'll pray, and we'll jump in. It says, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, the old man, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. And I pray that we would hear this tonight. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, John the Baptist, this little boy, and he's never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of the old prophet Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make Ready a people prepared for the Lord Zechariah asked the angel How can I be sure of this I am an old man and my wife is well along in years It doesn't work anymore Is what he's saying And they didn't have all those commercials that we have You know (laughs) How can I Doesn't It's a simple question and the angel yeah, at Lisa said, "Move on. OK, thank you, babe. We'll talk. The angel OK, how can I be sure?" And the angel said to him, "I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. And not able to speak until the day that all of this happens because you did not what? You did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Would you take a deep breath where you are? Would you say, Come, Holy Spirit? Would you put your phone away unless you're taking good notes and just say, Lord, I need, to speak. I need you to speak. Lord, we need you tonight. We're desperate for you tonight. It's Friday the 15th and we did not come here to be entertained. We did not come here because we're bored. We came here because we carry the belief that you are the God who speaks. We came here with the belief that you are the God who invades our story, you're the God who comes close. And so we say do it all over again tonight let your kingdom come and let your will be done tonight on the earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. I was talking with Matthew, my friend, before the service, and Matthew and I were reflecting that This season is often the season where there's almost a cultural expectation that everything is supposed to be happy. Right? The kids are out of school and that's just Easy. And you know, stuff's not expensive these days. No, it's not expensive. There's not inflation going on and there's not family drama in any of our homes. Everything's working and we're all sleek and fit and spelt and happy and everything's working. And the Lexus commercial's gonna come on and we're gonna wonder why someone didn't sneak a Lexus into our living room. <laughs> wrapped in a big red bow and just, oh my gosh! Right, It's, it's, it's supposed to be happy, we're happy but what if you aren't right now? It's supposed to be easy, it's supposed to work, it's supposed to be the wind is at our back just carrying us forward into unmitigated joy. But what if that's not what's happening right now? And what I love about the Bible is the Bible does not airbrush the story of humanity. What I love about the Bible is that it gives us permission to tell the truth by telling the truth itself. What I love about the Bible is that it's gritty and raw and human and it's flawed and it's vulnerable and it just gives a true glimpse of what it looks like to be human on this planet Earth while we wait for Jesus to come make all things new. The Bible doesn't skip over the hard stuff. And we meet an old man tonight, Zechariah, who's been on the brink for decades, he's been disappointed for decades, he's been heartbroken, and his wife too, we'll hear more about her later. But this old couple, they had dreams when they got married young. Back then, it would have been likely that she was probably 14 or 15 years old, and he might have been 18 when they got married, and now they're old, old. And they don't have children and their bodies are breaking down and in that society, we can't imagine what kind of shame they would have carried, particularly Elizabeth would have carried because they weren't able to give a child to the world. Now, we've, we've moved uh, past that a lot, but, but still, I've talked to people who've struggled with, with fertility and, and the ache and the sadness and the groaning and the heartache and we've got this couple who've been living in decades of disappointment, and God shows up to them. I want to take you into some of the concerns of the disappointments that they would have been carrying. First, there was that psychological disappointment, the the longing that he would have had for his wife to just have what she wants. He's a priest. He lives in the presence of God. If anyone's got direct access, he's got the red phone. He's got heaven at his, his beck and call. You would think that if anyone could figure it out, it would be these two, but here they are decades in, and the psychological sadness and the weight that he feels for his bride and that she feels in a society that expects women to deliver children so that the family business can keep going. The psychological sadness He's wondering if his wife is going to break and she's wondering if he's going to feel like a failure. Think about the economical concerns. Who's going to take, take care of us? In that age especially, the way that you see yourself into your rest is you have children and they rise up and you feed them while they're young, which by the way shouldn't have changed all that much. You have the kids and you do your best, and then they rise up. And then when you lose your strength, they give it to you. And and now they're an old couple and they don't have any children. And so their retirement plan is broken, and they're likely going to be left out in the streets. Who's going to take care of us in our old age? Zechariah probably would have died before Elizabeth. He would have been older. And who's going to take care of my wife when I'm gone? Economics are real there. Think about the family legacy concerns. He, he's close to his death, maybe sadness and despair are setting in and, and he's thinking our family name is descending into nothingness. Our heritage, our story, he's, he comes from a great line and she comes from a great line and they hope to keep the family name going. They can't do that. Their name is coming into nothingness and the Bible doesn't skip over the hard stuff. Have you ever been afraid? Have you ever been concerned? Have you ever carried that deep, guttural groan in your spirit? Something's not right. God, do you care? God, does, does your heart break about my broken heart? That's a human thing to ask when life is falling apart. And what I love about this season of Advent in particular is that Advent gives us permission to name these things. I want to show you this picture from about five years ago. Beautiful little Syrian girl. And she was Bombed out of her village. Her village was war torn and living out on the streets. Not unlike a child, maybe wandering through Gaza right now. Not unlike the fear that she's carrying is not unlike the fear that maybe a little child in Israel that was abducted, kidnapped, might be carrying in a season like this. And a journalist asked this Syrian girl to smile. My friend Glenn Powell wrote this. And he said, A journalist asked this Syrian girl to smile. And this was her smile. Hers is the face of Advent, the face of promises not yet kept, of hope not yet realized. She knows the deep pain of the world up close and personal, yet she's trying, trying to keep together, trying to not give up completely, trying to hold on. And this is why we need a season like Advent. We need to honestly acknowledge the pain of the world before we start celebrating anything. The Western church is in danger of softening Advent to the point that it's merely an early part of the great Christmas festival, but there is no need to avoid the truth about our world and what we've devastatingly done to it. We have a place to take that suffering. We have a place to take that suffering. We have a place to take our own part in contributing to that suffering. In Advent, we take it to God and we trust that something will be done and my friend Glenn said, wait, church, do Advent. This text tonight reminds us as God comes to this old man who's brokenhearted and begins to speak and stir promises to him, Advent is a time to remember that God has compassion for the place of our greatest travail. Advent and Lent, particularly Advent getting ready to lead up to Christmas and Lent getting ready to lead up to Easter. They're, they're times of the year built into the church calendar. Our, our ancient forebears hundreds of years ago understood that we needed to observe holy time where we could remember and where we could grieve and where we could tell the truth right here in the presence of God. Advent, I'll say it this way, is a time to remember that God hears our cries and he responds with Salvation. This angelic announcement and the song of the saints, what we hear from the angel is salvation is coming. Salvation is coming. Salvation, I've heard you, Zechariah. Thank you for telling me the truth about how you feel. And then Gabriel shows up to say salvation is on the way. He's told your prayer has been heard. Now just look at that. Verse 13, your prayer, Zechariah, has been heard. I want to just stir some of you, some of you have, you feel like you've been shouting at an iron dome above you, that your prayers have been hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down, that God doesn't care, that he's aloof, that he's too busy with all of the travail out there in Ukraine and in Russia and in Gaza and in Israel. God certainly doesn't have time for little old me. And, and, and you know, Zechariah thought that. But Gabriel comes and says, your prayer has been heard. And then he goes on in the next verse to say, you will have joy and gladness. You will have, and I'm just here to stir that up amongst you tonight. The enemy wants to break us with despair. The enemy wants to break us with hopelessness about the future. And I just need you to hear tonight, you will have joy and you will have gladness. It will not always be this way this is the God who comes to bring salvation and if it's not what are we doing here this is the God who comes to bring salvation you will have joy and gladness I need you to hear that tonight but here's the thing we can either believe it or not it can be true, it can be announced, it can be the, 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 the statement from heaven, you will have joy and gladness and your prayer has been heard. We can either believe it or not. And Zechariah, it's, it's interesting to me, you'll see this juxtaposition, the great man of faith who's living at the altar of God. He's the one helping make sacrifice. He's the one who should have the direct connection to heaven. He's the one who should be able to believe, but he doesn't. And what we see is God responds to him. He says, and now you will be silent, and you will not be able to speak until the day this happens. You know Elizabeth was so relieved. <laughs> Let's just be honest. The mute button from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> been a little off lately. He's been annoying. I was th- thanks, God. I've been trying to tell him. And... It, <laughs> Just put him on mute, silenced him, and because you did not, why is God shutting his mouth for a short time? Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. What I love about God is that he he knows when to shut us up. Sometimes God needs to shut us up to keep us from spewing negativity onto everyone else. Have you ever had a season where you just, God just appropriately silenced you. He's, been try, he's done it to me. I can tell you what this feels like. He's been trying to stir faith. He's been, I, Daniel, I, you will have joy and gladness. Daniel, I've heard your prayer. Daniel, I will turn this thing out in salvation. Daniel, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And I sometimes decide to persist in my pessimism. And finally God just goes, Shut up, we don't say that in our house, but God says it sometimes. <laughs> because you know what, we carry that pessimism and we take it home with us, and we bleed on other people. And, and have you ever been in a season where you're just not ever gonna be pleased with anything, nothing's gonna be good enough, God's not ever gonna provide enough, and you just find a reason to be chippy, and what happens is everyone else pays the bill for our negativity. For our, for our darkness, for our, for our despair. And so God puts Zechariah on mute and, and he shuts him up so that he doesn't ruin Elizabeth's faith. So that he doesn't contaminate her process. So that his, his he, you, can, you can have your process, but I'm gonna protect this sweet Elizabeth over here who's got an innocent spirit and who believes that God's gonna come do something great and who believes that nothing is impossible for heaven. So Zechariah, that's fine. You get to choose to, to live out of belief, but I'm gonna shut you down because I wanna protect her innocence and I wanna build her faith. God sometimes knows that he's got to shut us down for just a little bit so that we don't mess it up for other people. God said to Zechariah, you just watch me then. And I'll say it this way. God would rather partner with us, but he's going to do his work of salvation even in spite of us. Now look, God wants to partner with us. God is aching for a people who are, who are looking for him to do great things in the earth. And God is longing for, he, he's earnestly seeking those whose eyes are set on him. But, but God is gonna get his salvation work done even if we don't believe. God is gonna come with his salvation He's gonna rescue He's gonna be good Because he's just good So God would rather partner with us But he's gonna get it done Now I wanna just shift And give you a little second Little vignette Out of Luke 1 You've seen the old man The priest Zechariah Who lives in the presence of God And who ought to able Be able to easily believe But now we shift And we get this story In verse 30 Luke chapter 1 And now here's Mary Old man of faith teenage single girl who's about to be the mother of our Lord. He shows up to Mary and he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never... And, and Mary It's okay to have questions Like I think sometimes We think to have faith Is not to ask questions And that's a false dichotomy Mary goes How can this be Great question She's never known a man she, she's, she's been playing by God's rules She's been honoring She's been a good Hebrew girl uh, Protecting her, her purity And preserving her Okay Lord I'm interested in what you're saying, but how can this be, she asked, since I am a virgin, and she goes on. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This won't be any man's story. This will be God's story of salvation. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month already for no word from God will ever fail. Young Mary, old Elizabeth, children, old man who's supposed to live by faith, unbelieving, cantankerous, pessimistic, furrowed brow. These women who have questions, they don't know what, how does all this work? I don't know, but we know that God is good and we believe that God is faithful. And I'll ask you my question, but my question's gonna be out of faith, not out of pessimism and doubt. Friends, God is looking for people who want to partner with him. And Mary, her response, what did she say? She said, I am the Lord's servant and may your word to me be fulfilled. uh, Then the angel left her. I don't like this translation as much as the translation that I memorized it in as a kid. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Go ahead, God. Be it unto me according to your word. Whatever you have in your mind for my future, my future's yours. Whatever you wanna do with my life, my life is yours. This is, this is, uh, is making me ask questions. I, I don't, it doesn't make sense. They didn't teach me this in science class, but be it unto me according to your word. God, if you wanna do something great, use me, here am I, Lord. Mary wants to partner with God. There's two options that we see already in these two stories. You can be doubting Zechariah, or you can be faithful Mary. Doubting Zechariah or faithful Mary, do you believe salvation is God's gift and your inheritance? Do you believe that God can do the impossible? Do you believe that even through the madness that's played out around you in this fallen world, that God is good? Do you believe that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is also your God? Do you believe that the God who split the Red Sea is also your God? And friends tonight, do you believe the God who could call Mary and Elizabeth Fifth, to be a part of his great salvation story is also your God. Do you believe he can do the improbable and the impossible and bring salvation? There's two options. You can be Zechariah and you can doubt, or you can be Mary and you can be full of faith. The question that I want to ask tonight is In spite of all that you see, will you still believe that God is working salvation? In spite of all that you see, all that you see with that child that went off to college. And you sent them out at 18 and they were here in youth group and it was working and, and, and they're visiting home on Christmas break at 21 and it feels like it's fractured and it's falling apart and they've wandered. Do you believe, regardless of what you see, do you believe that God is working behind the scenes to bring salvation? Do you believe that your prayer has been heard? Do you believe that you will have joy and gladness in spite of what you see? Do you believe that God is going to get his work done. Mary is one who believes and she says, be it unto me according to your word. And I'll just give you that tonight as a way of tucking that in for you. You don't even know how to pray. You you don't even need to know how to pray that much. But if you'll say, be it unto me according to your word. That will fuel your prayer life for the next decade. God says, I want to bring restoration in your home. Be it unto me according to your word. I wanna bring restoration in your mental health. Be it unto me according to your word. I wanna take you on a journey where you get your strength and your vigor and your vitality back. God, I've got so many questions, but be it unto me according to your word. If you'll take those words of Mary, tell me in a decade if you hate your life. Mary just said, I'm all yours, and God came in and led her into salvation. You see Zechariah, you see Mary, but I want you now To see the old woman Elizabeth, who for decades has been aching for one thing and that thing has not come. But now God silences her husband and God comes and works the miracle that only He can work. The old woman is great with child, she's five months pregnant. And it says in verse 39 At that time, Mary got ready, she left her home after the announcement came from Gabriel and she needed to be with a safe person of faith. She needed to get out of her environment. She needed to go tuck away with someone she trusted. And I'll just tell you, sometimes when God speaks to you, the best thing you can do is surround yourself with safe, godly, decent, wise people that you trust. Don't live in an environment of, of, of doubt. Don't live in an environment of despair. Don't live in an environment of discouragement and people attacking your faith. Go tuck yourself away with someone like Elizabeth and let God grow that story in you. And this is what Mary does. She got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, and where she entered Zechariah's home,! Beep, he's on mute. And she greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth, okay, she greeted. Hi, Elizabeth. This is her cousin. When she greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, just the sound of Mary who's carrying the Christ child in her womb, just barely in utero. Elizabeth hears the voice of her cousin that she's heard a thousand times and it didn't do what it did the first thousand times. But on this time, when Mary walks in the house, she says, hey, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist does a backflip in her womb and immediately Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed. Blessed is she who, who fought back and and, and pointed the finger, blessed is she who is caustic. No, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. She had questions, but her questions were born out of a faith that I don't understand it, but God is good. And Elizabeth says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Tonight, as we're coming ready toward the end of this talk, I want you to notice that Elizabeth had a future gestating inside of her. And Mary did too. And that future was the future himself. Mary had Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the one who was and is and is to come, right there embryonic, growing, developing, in utero. Mary is carrying Jesus. Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist. And and Mary speaks and something happens on the inside of her. What I need you to see... Is that Jesus was there that day with Elizabeth But she couldn't see him Come on use your imagination Jesus was there that day with Elizabeth But she couldn't see him He's, he's, he's being nurtured in the womb of his mother Mary. But the presence of Jesus and the power of Jesus and the glory of Jesus and the eternal victory of Jesus and the son of God who always was before Genesis 1 was, Jesus was. Jesus is now being carried in the womb of Mary and Jesus was there. Elizabeth couldn't see him, but something happened anyway. And isn't it like that? Very often you feel like, where's Jesus? I don't see Jesus around here. I don't, it doesn't, where's Jesus? Jesus isn't, no, Jesus is here. Even when you can't see Jesus, he's there. Even when you can't see Jesus, he's working. Even when it feels like God has walked away from you, God's presence and his power and his glory is right there. For Elizabeth, Jesus was obscured. He was hiding behind the uterine wall, but the presence of God is with us. The presence of God is so often imperceptible and the work of God is so often invisible but never forget that he's always working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. Even when it feels like you're bereft and left alone, God is There and Elizabeth, she couldn't see him, but she felt the presence of God. Notice the invisibility of Jesus didn't keep Elizabeth from experiencing his presence and his power. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town. And when she spoke, something was activated in Elizabeth's womb, something was activated in the life of John the Baptist. Elizabeth was quickened and filled with the Holy Spirit and so was her child. And and, and we were meant to ask this question, what kind of child is this that even in utero, he's changing people's lives? Even when you can't see him, he's changing people's lives. And this story tonight reminds me of my friend, Vincent, and I want Vincent to come up here. He was just up here at the offering. Grab the microphone, Vincent. Some of you don't know, most of you probably don't know Vincent's story, but Vincent, his dad Vincent is from Sudan, and his dad is one of the few lost boys that was caught up in the civil war in Sudan, and there were somewhere around 2 million people slaughtered in that war, and your dad was one of the lost boys that took off on foot, barefoot, ran away just to stay alive, ended up in a refugee camp in Egypt. He and your mother had you, and you were born into just chaos. chaos. Utter terror. And from five to nine, where did you live?
2: Um, Sudan and just after Sudan, a refugee camp in Egypt. And then Catholic Charities brought me to Syracuse, New York. Yeah.
3: So you crossed over a border from Sudan Mm -hmm. into Egypt and lived in a refugee camp.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: What do you remember about that?
2: I mean, uh, just... I guess the refugee camp was—it felt safe, you know. Sudan was chaos. Um, if many of you don't know about Sudan, but it's fifty percent of kids die before five years old from malnourishment, and then you add war to it, and many people don't have their kid or their parents around. Uh, I never met my birth mother. Um, don't know what happened to her with the war going on. Um, so just the chaos of Sudan. You don't. You just said that like matter-of-factly
3: you don't know what happened to your birth mother I mean guys if anyone could want to quit this guy right here is a stinking miracle this guy right here is God's salvation this guy right here is a living walking miracle and and in the refugee camp you told me that you said I got good at making friends
2: why because you had to because I had to you know um you need something to push to the next day you know and making friends I always joke like that's when I became an extrovert if you know me
1: (laughs) you know like
2: I always have a smile on my face um but like at five, six, seven years old, it was a survival tactic. You know, I needed something to hold on to the next day and push.
3: You needed someone to feed you. Yeah. So you needed to be a good friend. Yeah. So at nine years old, Catholic Charities, they would sent your dad, they brought your dad over to Syracuse, mm-hmm. New York. And then you came, what, a year later? Uh, five years. Five, five years, years later. Yeah. So he shows up in Syracuse with the hope of my, my dad is there. And you reconnect with your dad. And what happens?
2: Chaos. Um, More chaos. That's kind of just like the pattern at this point in my life. Every new family situation, every new transition was just followed by more and more chaos. And I lived with him for a year um, until I was put in the foster care system. A a police officer found you at a gas station? Yeah. So his dad came
3: after him with a knife to try to kill him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he fled and he went into the gas station cause he knew that he'd be safe there. And then he came out and was sitting on the curb and a police officer saw him and said, Hey, young man, you okay? And found out he wasn't. Mm-hmm. You get into the foster home. Yeah. And tell us about that family for the first four or five months.
2: Um, at this point, it's a pattern. Chaos is just following me everywhere I go. And this foster family in Syracuse, New York took me in. Uh, but my heart was filled with anticipation of something bad was going to happen because that's just what I've known time and time and time and time after time is just chaos is going to happen, you know? And about four months in, um, my foster family went to church, and um, but at breakfast one day I was talking to my foster mom, Danya, and I was like, hey, like, trying to find – broken English, trying to find words to describe what love is, because I'd never experienced what love is. I'm like, why do you treat me this way? Like, you guys are so kind, you know? You just... You're nine. I've never experienced... Nine years old. Why do you treat me this way? You asked them that. Mm-hmm.
3: And what did she say?
2: She, she took me, put me in the car, and we went to Barnes & Noble, um... And in Barnes and Noble, in the back kids section, there's the children's Bibles. She grabbed it and just opened it up and started reading the gospel story. For God so loved the world that he began. That he gave his only son. And in that moment, just something in me, like Elizabeth, leapt. Mm. It was chaos to, I want whatever that is. Like, it just made sense. I can't explain it. I can't, other than that, like, it was the most sure thing I'd ever heard in the nine years of chaos that I'd been living, and I just had to say yes.
3: Gave your heart to Jesus in a Barnes and Noble, (laughs) and she said, when he asked... When he asked her that morning, why are you so nice to me? She said, I've been waiting for you to ask. She put him in the car, took him to Barnes and Noble and read him the story of Jesus. And he's converted that day. That family wasn't able to adopt him. that great Christian family. But then another family Mm -hmm. in Syracuse adopted you and raised you in the way of Jesus. And friends, I want first to say that Advent is the time to remember that God has compassion for the place of our greatest travail. Mm-hmm. God is the God who cares about the young kids crossing borders and living in refugee camps. God is the God who sees them through somehow, way. God is the God who hears their cry. Mm-hmm. God is the God that responds with salvation. And I'll say it this way. I mean, this, for so many years of his life, the presence of God is so often imperceptible. The work of God is so often invisible. Where was God through all of that? It didn't seem like in a civil war that God was on the scene. But he finally gets to New York and this woman takes him to Barnes & Noble and reads him the story and you said something in me. leapt Like John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth at the sound of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so friends, tonight I'm here to tell you that God cares about our stories, that God cares about our pain, Mm -hmm. that God cares about our wounding, that God cares about leading us through, that God is going to lead us into wholeness and goodness. You will have joy and gladness, and we see it here tonight. Can we first just celebrate the miracle of Vincent (laughs) Chapman? Would you stand with us tonight? I think one of the greatest things that's happened at new life in the last year and a half or two is we got this guy on our team and if you don't know him take him to a great lunch buy him a meal and listen to this story but i want you to open your hands tonight and vincent is going to read some of these verses that we've heard because he's got a spiritual authority that none of us have he's got a unique history with god and a story of salvation that none of us have lived We've lived our own, but he's lived his, and he needs to pronounce this over us tonight. So, Vincent, will you stand up here on the front of the stage? And would you put up these verses at the end of the notes, starting in verse 13? You see it here on the screen. Vincent's going to read these verses over but I want you to put your name in here tonight and to receive this. So, Vincent, could you lead us in pronouncing the word of God over the people of God?
2: Do not be afraid for your prayer has been heard. You will have joy and gladness. Do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. (laughs) For no word from God will ever fail. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped, leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit.
3: And so tonight we say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Tonight we say, you can trust God. Tonight we say, you can tell the truth. You don't, you don't have to fake it. You can be honest about your pain. You can be honest about your fear. You can be honest about your broken heart. Tonight, you can tell the truth in the presence of God. And tonight, you've heard from a walking miracle, someone who has lived this story. And so we say tonight, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Tonight, we say, be filled with courage. Tonight, we say... We're praying that hope is stirred and that hopelessness would be rebuked in all of us tonight. I sense to say to you, some of you, some of you need to get out of that false agreement you've made with hopelessness. Very often the enemy can put that in front of us, and then we grab a hold of it, and we make an agreement, and something gets frozen in our spirits. And tonight, if if hopelessness is all over you, if you're feeling it tonight, would you just say, Lord, I, I break that agreement with hopelessness? Can you stir that up tonight? I break that agreement tonight. I break that agreement with despair. I break that agreement with fear. I break that agree, that agreement with depression and, and I, that's just not my inheritance. Lord, tonight we pray that you would lead us, all of your people, into joy and gladness. And we pray these things tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. I wanna invite our communion servers to come forward. What we're gonna do here, if you're new with us, is we're gonna move through the room. If you're physically not able to, ask your neighbor. They'll bring you an extra, but come through the room grab your elements as we worship we're going to sing waymaker this is the right song and i just want you to stir your faith tonight get your communion elements take them back to your seat hold them there and in just a minute i'll come and we'll receive together come worship jesus elements and be ready to receive. I guess one of the things that I love, I love—I could name a thousand things, one of the things that I love about communion is how unimpressive it is, it, especially this. I mean, Lord, have mercy. I mean, you got to really have faith to find Jesus right here. But even on the night he was betrayed, the way he speaks to us, the way he tells us he's with us is he gives us bread and he gives us wine. He says, this is my body and I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. I promise you, I think about young Vincent in an Egyptian refugee camp, making friends with people and they give him just a little piece of bread and a little drink and he's able to go on another day. And this is what Jesus does for us every single day. It may not look that impressive. It may feel like, man, how are we going to, but somehow, some way, we're here and somehow, some way, we're going to be able to keep going. And Jesus says, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. I am with you and I am for you. And so tonight I say to you, church, receive Jesus by faith. You may take the bread. Some of you are so parched and weary and dry and, and it feels like you're just cracking your skin's cracking apart. You just need a good drink tonight to keep going. Jesus is here. And he says, This cup is the new covenant. Covenant means. I will bleed so that you can be well. And Jesus says, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood. And it's given so that you're okay. It's given for the remission of your sins. It's given so that you can drink up and be happy all over again. Friends tonight, receive the surprising joy of Jesus. Receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Let's drink up to our forgiveness. I'll sing. Your goodness is running after. Come on.
0: Your goodness is running after. It's running after
1: me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendering now. I give You everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendering now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Oh, sing your goodness in your goodness. Your goodness is running out, it's running out for me. All my life you have been so, so good
3: It just occurs to me to tell you one of the things that Vincent spends his days doing for us is he leads our local and global outreach within the Friday night community. So I'm just here to tell you, his heart breaks for these people because he lived that story. And so when he asks you to serve and when he asks you to buy backpacks for kids, when he asks you to go on local missions here in our city, obey him, (laughs) obey this man. Like he will never waste your time and he takes it seriously because he has received God's goodness through people taking care of. So friends, he has authority that none of us have. So when he asks you to come with him, I just just obey him. Amen? Give it up for Vincent Chapman one more time. We love you. We bless you. We thank you. It's December, and I just got to do it one more time. Some of you are going to roll your eyes at me, but let's say, Oh, come
1: let us adore him.
3: Would you open your hands to receive the blessing tonight before you go your prayer has been heard your prayer has been heard keep praying keep seeking keep knocking keep asking pursue your prayer has been heard you will have joy and you will have gladness. So tonight, Lord, I pray that hope would rise in this room. I pray that courage would rise in this room. I pray that faith would rise in this room. I pray that the blessing of God would be poured out. I pray, may the Lord our God bless you, and may he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift his bright, smiling countenance upon you and all of your people. And may he grant you peace tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Can we give God thanks for what he's done tonight here? couple things. Our prayer, our prayer team is coming down front. If you have any extended prayer needs, let us agree with you. Swing on down to the front and let us pray you out. If you're new, come see us at Guest Central and... Don't come next Friday or the next Friday after that. See you on Christmas Eve, the 24th at noon, two and four. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.